Rose and the judges are so against us, it's actually incredible. But we're going to win, and we're winning now. But it's, uh, it shouldn't be hard. It should be really easy. We raise, you know that. You know the word raise taxes? Does anybody like it? They want to raise your taxes. They go out and say, we as Democrats want to raise your taxes. They want to shut down your American energy. They think these are good things. They want to destroy your Second Amendment. No more Second Amendment. President Trump live in PA tonight. Another Make America Great Again rally. We'll take you back out there throughout the show. But President Trump clearly ramping up for the 2020 campaign. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. In a moment, you're going to hear from our great Ag Secretary, Sonny Perdue, about the U.S.-China trade talks, the latest on that. Also, a lot of conversation about trade aid part two. We'll give you an update on that as well. But first, I just want to touch on President Trump being in PA tonight. And look, folks, I don't want to talk about this. It pains me to sit here and discuss 2020 with you, but it just sort of is what it is right now. And that's why President Trump, I know there's a special election in PA tomorrow, but that is why he is in PA, because as I'm sure you're well aware, Vice President Joe Biden, or as President Trump likes to call him, Sleepy Joe, <laughs> Sleepy Joe, uh, officially kicked out of his campaign in PA over the weekend. But here's what's shocking. Okay, you, I thought I was stunned by this. Fox News has a new poll out. Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, beating Donald Trump right now by 11 points in a Fox News poll. I know it's early. I get all that, but wow, right? Then today, Politico had a story talking about President Trump trying to reverse things in the Rust Belt or that Wisconsin, Michigan, PA. Uh, line, if you will. And the big reason they're having this conversation is because in Wisconsin and Michigan, two governor seats flipped from Republican to Democrat. That's important when you look at, you know, having your, your game, if you will, your ground game in different Rust Belt states. So I guess the question for you tonight, do you feel like President Trump is in any trouble in the Rust Belt or not with the tariffs and things happening? Again, I know it's early. I don't even like talking about this stuff, but since President Trump is in PA, I thought we would bring it up. All right, let's talk about what's happening at your dinner table right now, uh, because many farmers are wondering and worrying about, hey, what exactly is the second round of trade aid going to look like? What's it going to mean for me at home? What's it, when's this all going to be announced? Because guys are still trying to think about, hey, what exactly should I be planting? So our D.C. Bureau was able to sit down with uh, our great Ag Secretary, Sonny Perdue, recently talk about the U.S.-China trade talks, the second round of trade aid, and much, much more. Well, sure, all of us were very disappointed, obviously, with China backtracking on the progress that we had made in the talks. We were looking forward to uh, a better days ahead regarding ag exports and, uh, and actually in multiples. And uh, it was a sad day when China decided that they wanted to uh, relitigate the issues that we felt had already been decided, and it's very unfortunate. The president was disappointed as well, but uh, uh, he's not letting them get by with it. In fact, uh, he's, uh, uh, again, this proposal of a concept of a trade mitigation program, he understands that farmers are disappointed. He's disappointed. Well, he'd rather have trade rather than aid too, but in a fair and uh, free way, not like China has been uh, treating the United States for a number of years. The business has been good, but the fact is, uh, across the board, China has not lived up to their obligations in the WTO. Everyone knows that. And we finally have a president that's calling their hand on it. it. It's like a farmer selling grain to the local elevator, and then after years of faithful service, they realize the elevator's been stealing through a scale manipulation. They are 
putting their thumb on the scale and they hadn't been getting what they've been selling. And do you continue doing business with them or do you go and, and say it, something's got to change? President Trump has told China definitively, something has to change. You've got to live up to your obligations, you've got to stop stealing our stuff, and you've got to treat our farmers fairly. Be a package moving forward, like you said, the aid, anywhere from 15 to $20 billion. Do you know when that may be rolled out? Well, we're working on it right now. We can't give you a definitive time, but President Trump directed me last week. I've been in Japan and in Korea trying to sell other ag products, but uh, he called me over there and said, uh, Sonny, we're going to take care of our farmers. You put together a package. We're going to be bringing in these billions of dollars in, uh, uh, in tariffs, and I want a portion of that to go to the farmers who are going to be suffer the most from this. Obviously, farmers would rather have a trade deal uh, rather than aid, but in the meantime, he understands our finances are being hurt by China's behavior, and he wants to make sure that they can... Uh, uh, last until we get this uh, trade deal done. So uh, we're working on those proposals now. I'll present that to him uh, uh, in a few days, and uh, we'll have an announcement very soon. We uh, This is market facilitation program number two. We learned a lot last year and uh, running that one last year. It'll build a lot on that, although we'll look at some of the rough edges that we had last year and some of the stakeholder comments and try to take those into consideration and have a a better, well-rounded program this year for our farmers. Is there any information to help guide them of, of other crops that they could maybe switch to? More well, quickly? as we've said all along, we want farmers to plant for the market. Uh, frankly, we don't want this program to be disruptive of intended planting uh, intentions. Uh, unfortunately, rain has, uh, has changed some intentions across the country in many places, and we understand that. But we don't want a government program to disrupt what farmers were planning to do in their planning intentions to the best of their ability if they was dry enough to get in the field. So we want this program to support our agriculture, but we don't want to influence what farmers are doing by increasing acres in one and decreasing in another. That's not what we're trying to manipulate the market. The president is committed to just try to support farmers in a general way to help them get through this tough times. It's uh, economic stress on the farmers due to lower prices that had been going down for a period of time and also complicated by China's actions and this trade disruption. Thank you so much to Secretary Purdue. We appreciate him giving us some insight on that. There's more than any of you. We're going to post it up on our Facebook page uh, later tonight. Now, we all know things have been very tough on the farm as of late. So last Friday, I had the honor to sit down and visit with the Senior VP, Director of Agribusiness Development at Bell Bank. He's been doing this now for 37 years. He's also a recently retired family farm operator, Lynn Paulson. So we talk about, you know, kind of the conversations he's having right now with farmers as a banker, what he's hearing from you and much, much more. Lynn, welcome to Point of View. It's really great to have you here, sir. Uh, let's start with some of the breaking news today. We find out that U.S. now takes the down the tariffs on steel and aluminum. So Canada and Mexico are going to get rid of their basically ag retaliatory tariffs. Japan's going to open up the beef market although the China trade talks seem to be stalling. What does this mean to you? What does it mean to our farmers in the area? I think if, if anything, it, it gives some glimmer of hope that there's some, some progress being made on the trade front. There hasn't been too many wins recently. Um, in the NAFTA 2.0, and I know there's a different acronym for that, but um, that is such a huge deal for this area that we sometimes forget and how important the trade is with Mexico and, and Canada. And it's actually a bigger component than China. 
So to get that thing under our belt and uh, to get that moving forward, hopefully they'll be able to bridge or build on that to uh, to get to an agreement with, uh, with with China. That would be nice. So the reason I want to have you in is because we know how how tough things are right now on the farm. I just want to hear from you as you're talking with farmers. What are you hearing from them? What, what are the conversations like? You know, there's been a lot of difficult conversations with with a lot of uh, with a lot of farm producers. Um, you know, we're in the fifth or sixth year of, of of negative returns for a lot of producers, negative cash flows. Um, you know, working capital has been depleted. We're under the second and third round of refinances with some of our uh, for some customers, um, and they, you know, they're they're hoping that they can hang in there and build a bridge to get to. Uh, back to profitability, um, but at some point, uh, with with multiple years of losses and erosion of core equity, uh, some of these situations are getting pretty serious, and there's a lot of um, tough discussions being had. And we'll talk about the trade aid stuff in a moment, but I think one of the other conversations that many people, because the way things, in my opinion, get framed via the news, and the way President Trump sometimes frames it, it sounds like you know it's government to government that are making these trade deals. But it's really private companies that are making these trade deals. So as we see, if we end up stalling with China, does, does China then go to Brazil for beans, for example, and do we lose that market indefinitely? Or I guess my question is, how do we get some of these market back to help the prices for farmers? You know, that's a great question. I, I, I think for a long time, uh, American farm producers thought that they were the sole storehouse for commodities in the rest of the world. Certainly, that's not true anymore. As you mentioned, you got South America that that has become a, a, a huge competitor, and and their technology and their ability to to, uh, to to grow good crops. And once they get the infrastructure thing worked out, where they can get their crops to port at a cheap, they can grow their crops much cheaper than ours. Uh, you've got the former Soviet Union and, and the Ukraine, and and so we are finding out that other countries, importing countries, have many more options just with than with the U.S. So. You know, we've got to work to get those exports back. We've got to work to be a reliable supplier. Because uh, at the end of the day, I, I think we do have the best quality products out there for the other countries. But, um, you know, everything is interconnected in the world today. Yeah. And, and uh, so, you know, you know, it's like think globally and bring it down locally. But it, it does matter. And, and the frustrating part is for so many producers that, that they have little or no control over this. So, uh, and things happen so quickly that when they're planning in the in the winter and the spring to what they're planting, planting uh, by the time they get the harvest, you've got a totally different dynamic. It is incredible. Um, so we mentioned that they've got these new potential deals now with, as you call it, NAFTA 2.0, but have you had any farmers you sat down with because prices have been so uh, low for so long and, and had to look them in the eye and go, hey, maybe, maybe it's time to think about something else? You know, as I mentioned before, there's more and more discussions being held uh, tough but respectful discussions on on uh, exit strategies. Um, it it uh, a lot of producers have built up nice balance sheets in terms of net worth, but they've been you know eroding that core equity yeah. over the last years. And at some point, you know, we've been having conversations about maybe it's time to think more about equity preservation than you know finding a way to put the farm back together and projecting to lose another couple hundred thousand dollars. It's a tough decision because. You know, it's, it, I always say it's more than just a business. It's a way of life for some of these folks. That's all they've done. They want to bring in the next generation, um, but, the, the, but the fundamentals, the financial fundamentals, just aren't there to support it in many cases. What are you hearing from the farmers on the, the trade aid? We had round one of $12 right. billion. It was announced today that they're looking at possibly $20 billion. We always hear from farmers say, we want trade, not aid. But are, you, are they saying, you know what? 
I'll take the lifeline I need it, or what's their reaction to well, it? Well, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, we're down to $7 soybeans again right now. You know, so even if you had a, you know, another buck sixty-five, you're 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 at eight sixty-five, eight seventy-five. Um, that's still below break-even for most producers. And then uh, you got the basis. And higher then you got the bait. So. Well, and and so, um, so yeah, I, I think uh, producers would much rather get their revenue in the marketplace. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, but trade, these tariffs and trades, agriculture is always the tip of the spear. They are the ones that are essentially paying the bulk of the price that's you know it even happened back in the 1980s with the uh, jimmy carter on the mm -hmm. russian grain embargo a lot of people forget about that mm -hmm. but it's been used as a tool against us for for a long long time this probably won't be the last unfortunately um but it, it, it it's it's a big deal well the big challenge i see right now is that some of these farmers i'm assuming are coming to you going hey what should i plant let's look at my spreadsheets yep. and whatnot and yet with the uncertainty of the second round of trade aid because as you just mentioned there was a buck 65 for soybeans but it was a penny for corn. Sure. So if I know that, hey, I got to make a profit, yeah. I'm going to talk to you about planting some soybeans if this is going to be the same program, but we don't know that right now. Exactly. So how do you guide a farmer and go, look, I got no idea what Sunny Purdue is going to do, but here's my suggestion on what to plant. Well, most farm operating loans are already in place, obviously. So they, they've, you know, we've gone through the projections, but interestingly enough, in, in many cases in soybeans, maybe, you know, the projected prices we use were 880 or 870 for soybeans and all of a sudden you're down to seven dollars and on 50 bushel soybeans at 75 I mean used and there wasn't much if any margin to begin with um, So that's a big deal So if you if there is trade aid out there again, and you can you know prop up and get back at least to, to close to break-even I mean, I think producers would take that every day, but again they would much rather that go through the normal channels in the market. Place. And the other problem, if you are going to look at, hey, look, I've got to make a profit this year, so now I'm planting to a program yeah. rather than the market. Now we have even more of an abundance Absolutely. of beans, and that's going to suppress the market for prices to go up even more in the future. You know, it's ironic that we're really have, are, become a victim of our own success in terms of of, of our ability to, to raise these crops. You know, we're five or six consecutive years of, in above trend line yields, and, and you know, is that the new normal? Um, it is a little concerning that even with above trend line yields, you know, we've had these challenges and, and profitability challenges and, you know, there's some, you know, pundits will say, are we just one average yield away from real disaster? Uh, if, if, if we don't get the, the big crops that's been keeping some of these producers afloat, if you get back to just a normal trend line yield with these depressed commodity prices, um, it, it's, a, it's a tough deal. Yeah. I'm not an egg expert like you, so anything else that our audience should know that I'm not asking you? Not really. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, when, when times were good, and we call it the super cycle from 06 to 12, uh, producers did really, really well. Some producers did the right thing with the money. Um, some did not. In hindsight, it's always 2020. You know, you can take a look back. Uh, but there are a lot of producers out there that are, that are doing well. They've, they've managed their operations well. Um, they've been conservative. They're sitting on some dry powder. They kind of fly under the radar a little bit, but, but, they're, but they're doing okay. Um, and, and quite frankly, adversity for some will be opportunity for others. Um, and, and so the, the land is always going to be farmed. There's mm -hmm. always going to be people producing it. But you are going to see, in the 1980s, the low producers were taken out of the market. Um, in today's environment, it's going to probably be the, the poor managers and, and the poor marketers that are going to feel the pain. Yeah. And I don't want to put any politics in this conversation because your position, but I think what's been amazing to watch is just how the farmers continue to back President Trump as well. So thanks for the insight. I really, really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me.
Thanks again to Mr. Paulson for the insight there. Stay with us because coming up last Friday, we had a great conversation about some of the boundary changes taking place in Fargo. Some of you sent in some interesting feedback on that that we're going to provide some more context for. So please share your point of view with us. What you've heard so far in tonight's show, we're going to take you back out uh, quickly just for a moment to PA to the live Make America Great Again rally with President Donald Trump. Thank you. Thank you very much.